Well, good morning out there on this beautiful December 15, 2023. What a day the Lord has made. This is a day that anything is possible. This is a day that whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever trial is in front of you, He is more than enough. He is more than enough to heal, deliver, set free, sanctify whatever the need. He is more than enough this morning, friend. Good morning out there. You're waking up with Mornings of Box 2 Radio, and we are so thankful and honored and humbled that you choose to spend your mornings with us here on the radio. And so we are praying for you today. We're praying for kiddos as they head to school, getting closer to Christmas break, um, one week away for here uh, for us at Bethel Christian Academy. I'm not for sure when the last day at the public school system is, but uh, we're praying for all of them, praying for you guys, praying for your families, praying for churches locally, praying for all those surrounding officials and county officials and local officials to make godly, wise decisions. It's time the church prays instead of just chatters. We must be prayer warriors. We must be people of prayer and people of fasting. Well, you're listening live into the Box 2 Radio Network, and what an honor it is to be part of such a great God-honoring, God-exalting, Jesus-magnifying network. And you can listen live there at 91.5 Litchfield Hardensburg. You can also listen live 98.3 Owensboro, Kentucky, or 91.1 Highsville, Glasgow. You can download our radio listening app. That's the Box 2 app, available on the Tithely Church app, T-I-T-H-E period, L-Y Church app. And then once you download that from your Android or Apple store, you can type in Box 2 Network. Once you tap that, it says change something to that regard, and you just say yay, and thus forever until you delete it it's gonna be there amen you can also listen live at wwwbox 2 radio that's the box number two radio.com to engage with the broadcast this morning don't feel don't um don't hesitate to text 270-230-6337 again 270-230-6337 ask your bible questions engage with the comments concern, complaint, whatever it may be, we just love to hear from our listening family. Tonight's the night at Pleasant View Baptist Church. They're presenting a Christmas cantata. Cherish that name. Friday, December the 15th. That's today, starting at 7 o'clock p.m. Everyone's welcome. Come out and cherish that name together as the body of Christ. And we're so excited for that tonight. Also, we start just next week. I mean, just a couple weeks from now, January the 1st would be uh, what is it, two Mondays from now, I guess, three Mondays? Um, three Mondays. And we'll start the reading through the Bible um, as the opening of the year up in Hardensburg, right there on the square. Uh, Miss Juanita Sheck has more information regarding that. And if you need more information, please contact the station, and we'll get everybody into the right uh, path to ask more questions regarding the read through the Bible. What an opportunity it is to declare... <laughs> and proclaim the Word of God over the city and over our county on the first of every year. It takes about three days to get through it, and there's a ton of different churches and people involved, and we're just thankful for all of them taking the opportunity to proclaim loudly the Word, the word of God over our city, over our community, over our nation. 
And we must declare the word. When we send the word and we release the word, it will not come back void. He is a faithful God who will complete what he says he will do. Amen. Weather today is a high of 56 and a low of 33. Beautiful day here at the Box 2 Radio Studios. A little chilly, but not too bad. I enjoy these kind of days. I got my sandals on and just walking around this morning. It was a beautiful morning. I don't mind it a bit. And so, good day, 56 and a low of 33. Verse of the day is Romans 5.10. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Again, I love that. For if we, I'm sorry, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Quote of the days today, a quote by John Wesley, bear up the hands that hang low. This is a very familiar quote, but I figured I'd go with it today. By faith and, pr- faith and prayer, support the tottering needs. Have you any days of fasting and prayer? Storm the throne of grace and preserve therein. Mercy will come down. Bear up the knees, I mean, bear up the hands that hang low by faith and prayer. Support the tottering knees. Have you any days of fasting and prayer? Storm the throne of grace and preserve therein, and mercy will come down. It's Friday, so Fridays we've got Professor Charles Bjorks, what we call him. We call him our science, rocket science, and and so uh, we're excited for him this morning. And Miss Hannah, how are you doing this morning? Won't you welcome them for a minute? I'm doing good this morning. Um, it's been a really good week and really just looking forward to more time with family, um, more time just in the presence of the Lord throughout this, the rest of this December month and just remembering. Um, it's been nice to, you know, we worked on the Christmas play, so we were going over um, just the story of Jesus's birth and the nativity. And, um, it's just awesome to be able to reflect on that and, and reflect on the miracle that it is. And so, um, I'm just very looking forward to the rest of the season and really just working on keeping my focus on the Lord, um, keeping all of the focus on Jesus. Um, and, and so, it's awesome in Hebrews because it kind of ties everything together. And that's what I really like about the book. So I'm excited to get into that today. It's been fun going through it. Um, but we're going to have to also pick where, I mean, we're getting through it fast. So we're going to have to pick a new book to study. Um, and I think we should have plenty of time to pick one on the Christmas break. Cause surely we wouldn't finish Hebrews before the off no. week. I think it'll be after Hebrews before we're actually finished. I mean, after Christmas break, till mm-hmm. we're actually finished the Hebrews. So but we can be thinking about it. Yep. And again tonight, seven o'clock. If you're interested in going to the Christmas cantata at Pleasant View Baptist Church, starts at seven. And then um, gearing up for Christmas, just right around the corner. Of course, we'll be here next week, and then we'll be on uh, ministry wide shut down the f- last week of the year after Christmas. Um, So we'll be gone that week and we'll have some pre-recorded sermons and other things in the morning slot for anybody that's waking up and still going to work and still, I know kiddos ain't going to school during that week. And so 
some of the morning drive times a little bit less, but we'll still have stuff available for listening and some great sermons and great teachings and great things um, for our listening family that week. If you need us during that week, though, we're still available. I will be um, ready and on call all week if you need prayer, support. If there's a radio station off the air for some reason, anything like that, the 270-230-6337 number is wide open that week. Um, and so we're always available for that, and we we will pray. We will come. We will help. We will do whatever. Um, we just give our staff full fully on the whole ministry-wide a shutdown that week to rest. Um, but us pastors, we're still on call, and we don't. When, if you treat your pastoring job like a job, you just have hours. Um, we don't believe that. We believe that we're here to minister before the Lord and to minister to people constantly. It's not a turn-off, turn-on switch. It's not a career. It's a lifestyle for us to, to, um, to pastor and to lead. And it's a great honor to do this kind of mission. Amen. All right. So, again, 270-230-633. Seven is the number you can engage this morning with engagement in the broadcast, but it's also going to be the number you'll have access to all year, all week long on shutdown the week after next for prayer, support. If there's a problem with the radio, anything to that regard, um, you can, of course, text or call that number, and we will um, <clears throat> do whatever we can to help and assist and pray. All right, we are in Hebrews chapter 10. We got all the way into Hebrews chapter 10. Now, we didn't get very far in Hebrews chapter 10 yesterday, but we did get to Hebrews chapter 10. Um, and it's only 13 chapters, so like I, like we were saying, I don't think there's any way we're finishing it before Christmas break. So that will give us an opportunity to figure out where we're going when we come back and do finish the book, which we're right around the corner from doing so. So yesterday we talked about sacrifices which they offered every year by every offered year by year continually making the comers there unto perfect they couldn't do it but um <clears throat> so they can never cuz you got to remember they can never with those sacrifices where they offer year make the comers there unto perfect they would cover the sins and the sins would be atoned but to make themselves perfect was not able. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged should had no more conscious of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats shall take away sins, wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me, and a burnt offering and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. So now the writer of Hebrews is saying, like through this uh, not ceasing to be offered, because the worshippers once purged should have no more conscious of sin. So, in reality, when a when a believer, I mean, when a person was purged of sin, there is no more conscious of it. There's no remember, remembrance. But the problem is when you went in each year, there was a remembrance. That's what he's saying. There's a constant remembrance that I'm still in sin and I'm still this and I'm still having a need of atonement. There's always that constant. So you was never really the conscious was never purged. It was never clean 
you were constantly year by year by year by year continually going up and having a remembrance of your need of atonement and your need of salvation. This is the better way of Christ is that he comes and completely satisfies that need. And Jesus, it's, it's talking of Jesus coming and having a body that would be laid down. And how in this he's taken away all of that. He's telling in burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin, thou, thou has no pleasure. Then said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He's saying, this is where I come in. This is why Jesus came, to do the will of the Father. And that will of the Father is to be the body that's been prepared to lay down to become the ultimate sacrifice that's sufficient once and for all to where there is no remembrance. That's why he forgets the sin. It's as thrown as this, it is as far as the east is from the west. It's thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. This sin is to be remembered no more. It is forgiven. It is covered. It is bought under the blood. You have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your sin has been atoned for. You are purged, cleansed, sanctified. And every year you do not have to go back to the Day of Atonement and be remembrance in remembrance of your sin and how you need a Savior. Why? The Savior has come. The body has been broken. The blood has been shed. And now he has come to do the will of the Father and he has accomplished it on the cross. He said, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost what the Bible said. Amen? Amen. That's good news. Hannah, mm-hmm. you got anything? I'm just jabbering. No, I was just thinking about how um, when I first read that, I was thinking, <clears throat> I guess I must have read it wrong, the verse 2. For the worshipers once purified would have no more consciousness of sins. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I had thought before when I had read this that they would you know, offer up their sacrifices and then they would just go on continuing doing the sins yeah. that they were doing. It's like they didn't have a, they didn't have conviction is what I kind of read it as. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that's really what that is saying. No, it's, this is trying to tell you that for then would they have not ceased to be offered if they would have been perfect for then would they not have ceased to be offered? They would have not ceased to be off, I'm sorry, because that the worshipers once purged shouldn't have no more con that when the worshipers are really purged, if it was perfect, there would be no more consciousness of sin. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is what even I think Paul's trying to get us to in like Romans 6 is that we're dead to sin and alive to Christ. Stop submitting yourself to members of unrighteousness, but submit your members to righteousness. So when Christ really encounters us, you know, consciousness of sin and uh, being entangled and enslaved and remembrance of our need of a Savior should be no more because we should under our sin, understand our sin has been atoned for. And then at that point, your conscience is made clear. And so, and I think this is the good news of the gospel that we really don't talk about enough because we tell people, get saved, and then try harder to not do it again. Mm-hmm. And we find no rest so or peace. So for them, it was almost like they had to keep thinking about their sin all the time i believe so and in a state of like being in shame and that probably stressed i would say stressed out about it yeah if you're always mindful of it because contextually he's telling us um for it is oh so 
But in those, verse 3, sacrifices. What sacrifices? You have to go back up to one, can never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year. So these are the same sacrifices, for in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. So true worshipers, once purged, should have no more consciousness of sin. The problem is the sacrifices that were being made, in those there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. And that's where there's fault in the law, is that whenever you're truly atoned, washed, purged, then there should be a deal with your conscience, the guilt, the shame, all of that should be taken away through the gospel and the cross of Christ. But in those sacrifices, it wasn't. Actually, it was dug in harder because every year you go back to the Day of Atonement and you understand just how sinful you are but it also it brings to remembrance, I'm going to do this again next year. And I'm going to do this again next year. And I'm going to do this again next year. And it shows the weak, the well, not the weakness, but the fault in it. The mm-hmm. That it shows the inferiority to the superiority of the new covenant. And so in that, I think this is what he's trying to tell us here is he's actually trying to start to lay out what the problem is. And again, it, it's very strong language. Because in verse 5, wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice sin, they hast found no pleasure. That's strong language. Um, that's kind of familiar language to Isaiah 1. And when Isaiah 1's covering about, you know, the Lord's basically saying, Your religious festivals make me sick. Mm-hmm. Um. So strong language, verse eight. I don't know if we keep going at this rate. We may finish before Christmas break. Above, mm-hmm. when he said, "Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither have pleasure therein, which are offered by the law." Then said he, "Lo, I come to do thy will, O God." He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standing daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sin. That's really strong language. He's saying every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices. But the problem is they cannot take away sin. Mm-hmm. But this man, what man? Jesus, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Man, I wish I had a B3 organ and <laughs> preaching right there because that's preach worthy. Yeah, because they're over here striving, working, laboring every day, Daily. repeating the same thing, telling every, like doing all this, putting all this effort in, but it's not what. God wants, and then Jesus comes, does the once and for all sacrifice, and sits down. (laughs) Just sits down. He said, it is finished. See, the priest could never say it is finished. They could be done with that sacrifice, but guess what? Tomorrow they're going to get right back up and do it again. Mm -hmm. Next year they're going to come right back to the Day of Atonement and do it again. Tomorrow they're going to have to go and make the same O atonement day after day 
after day. And it's always going to be to a striving something that's unattainable. And mm-hmm. that's what religion does. It keeps you striving to something that's unattainable. And I mean, I I am sure that a lot of people were tired of doing that. Yep. But for some reason, the ones who were so attached to the religious system just didn't want to let it go. No. And it, it, it became almost more like, it seemed as if they they were saying it was they were doing it for the Lord. Like they really were trying to believe that they were doing it for the Lord. But then they just couldn't, I don't know, I'm just thinking about the whole process of when Jesus came. Like they just couldn't accept somebody, uh, it not being up to them mm-hmm. to do it. Like they, it, it almost became, they just became not just self-righteous, but, and prideful, but I don't know, almost like insecure, it seemed like. Because mm-hmm. it, it's like they found their worth in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they knew. And that's what they grew And they were unwilling to repent. And I'm sure it was harder for the priests than maybe some of the students. Well, for the priests especially, because that's the way they made their living. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was what they did. And... John the Baptist came in here, and John the Baptist's message to Israel was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What's he saying? You've got to change the way you're thinking, or you're going to miss what's coming. And they did miss what's coming, because honestly, they chose to follow. They just they chose to continue in their systems. And this is the thing about man: man hasn't changed, and men today are still choosing to follow systems instead of following Christ. And we are more con- we are more consumed and in faith in our systems than we ever are the the Christ and of His kingdom, and that that's always been the problem. I mean, we've always reverted back to man's system, and man's system is religion. And see, I, I would I would love to go into Galatians next because Galatians is eating this up, but then we would be pretty much a continuation of Hebrews in a lot of areas. So I thought we may switch. I think we probably need to switch it up for a little bit. But Galatians, Paul's dealing with Judaizers. And in Galatians, when he's dealing with Judaizers, he's dealing with those who are trying to take the Israelites, I'm sorry, take the Gentiles, and um, trying to put them under circumcision and put them under the law and put them under the precepts. And like Titus goes to the council of Jerusalem, and Titus is basically saying, I'm not going to be circumcised. Well, they want him circumcised. Well, no, I'm not being circumcised. Now Paul, Titus, and all of them are at it. And then Paul and Timothy, I mean, Peter get into it because Cephas, Peter, is sitting there eating with the Gentiles until the Jews come around. Then he stops eating with the Gentiles because they're not circumcision. And then the circumcision comes into town. Well, we better go with the circumcision and leave the uncircumcision alone. Paul's like, no, we're not doing that stuff. What's all that actually a display for? It still shows you the difficulty of coming out of the systems of men. And they're trying to implement it. Even though it was once the system of, of our God, it has been fulfilled. And they could not understand that that is done and done and passed away in a sense. Not really passed away, but it's been fulfilled. And now the new has come. And they keep inserting themselves under the bondwoman again. Because under the bondwoman, men feel security because it's not on. It's like it's it's something that's familiar, knowable. And there's pride that keeps in, but we see it all throughout Scripture that men think like this, even if you go back to Israel and Egypt. Left Egypt, 
encounter some difficulties. And what happened? Let's go back to Egypt. At least if we're enslaved, we get to eat. At least if we're enslaved, we get to do this. And and so for some reason, we've always tended to fall back into slavery and entrapment and bewitchment. And um, this is what the writer of Hebrews is trying to get us to understand. Like, they did it all every single day, and it could not take away sin. But then one man, and that's when the organ hits. <laughs> that's when the organ hits. And it's like, but one man, after he had offered one sacrifice. I love that. Like, I don't think we feel the weightiness of that like we're supposed to. Because he's, they're saying, this this ain't five priests that are going offering every single day. This is not one priest. This is a lot of priests, daily, in and out. For, um, let's see, what would it have been? Um, the tabernacle fully and system, uh, let's see, Elijah's here, Moses is here, Jesus. roughly 1,500 years they would have been doing this. Their forefathers, the patriarchs, they're sacrificing. They're building the temple, the tabernacle. The Lord showed up and took Moses up to the mountain to show him the 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 outline, the layout of the tabernacle so he can come back and build one. And they could start sacrificing animals like he told them to. They could not realize that this was all just to prepare them for the coming Messiah to show us how he fulfills the law and fills the requirement of holiness and makes a way for us to be atoned for and redeemed. They just thought they were forever going to do the law. That's sad. Miss Gale says, it seems to me that the old law is more about me and what I do for me. The new covenant is about what I do for others. It is about what he has done for others. And that one man doing one sacrifice has made a way. And like Romans said, through Adam, through the first Adam, death has entered into the world. Through the first man, death has entered the world. But through one man and his righteousness, life. I love that. Uh, Jason, sorry, you going to say something? I was just going to say, and again, God did not mess up on the first nope. covenant. It's just that men could not fulfill it. It's right. Well, it was it was perfect in that it was the perfect schoolmaster. It was the first. It was the perfect teacher, and it is a perfect way of atonement. The problem was our atonement couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It took one man's atonement. Because it wasn't in the sacrifices and the burnt offerings. It was in the body mm-hmm. of Jesus that came as a perfect lamb. Uh, Jason Lee says, I see how hard it was for the Jews, 1,500 years plus, knowing that you're God's chosen people. Then a crazy man comes from the wild telling them to repent. If it was me, I'd be I'd very hard to change every time, everything I ever known. I, 100%. It would have been incredibly difficult. Uh I, I try not to pick on them a lot, but I do. I mean, we have twenty twenty vision, so it's easy for us. But, you know, just think about this. Think how hard it has been for us to leave systems that we grew up in. I mean, we, we're still fighting against it. We're still coming against some things that we think the Lord's leading us into, but it takes a demand, and it's 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 a weighty thing. Um. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's a weighty thing to change when we do offering in a church service because we're so used to it and see how little that is. Just when we do the offering, 
Now imagine changing a whole way of thinking that God instructs you to do for 1,500 plus years. But I think if we ever understand the weightiness of it and the weightiness of but one man, one body, changed the game forever. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. I'm going to read this and we're going to go break. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. I love that. So tomorrow, Monday, we're going to start on verse 14. Uh, Friday question number one. Sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. And we appreciate Sicilian Bank of being an underwriter and sponsor of the radio, the Box 2 Radio Network and helping us advance in the mission that God has called us to walk out. What kind of tree does the book of Psalms compare a wicked man to? What kind of tree does the book of Psalms compare a wicked man to? Two seven zero two three. That's my number. That's not the radio number you call in. Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. Call and get your name in for this two week drawing that will be drawn for next week before we go to the shutdown after Christmas. But right now we're going to take you to a song here on this beautiful morning. And let me tell you, before we go to break, let me say this: we love you guys. We're so thankful for you. It's a great opportunity every single morning, two hours here on the Box 2 Radio Network to get your ear and to be able to talk and grow as the body of Christ together. It makes my day every single day, and we love you tremendously. Be right back after this break. Chris Tomlin, Noel, live with, well, not live. It's on there, says live, but it's featuring Lauren Daigle. We'll be right back here after the break. Well, we are back in here on this beautiful, beautiful day on this December 15th, 2023. We have an answer for our trivia question here this beautiful morning. Miss Lisa Ashbaugh got it right. A green bay tree, Psalm 37, 35. What kind of tree does the book of Psalms compare a wicked man to? A green tree. A green tree. <laughs> so uh, next time somebody's just being a heathen, would you quit being such a green tree? All right. Um... What kind of tree? A bay tree? I don't know. It's something. <laughs> Look it up. I don't know. We'll see I what was it was. What you thought it to? Well, I think I got confused. So I with the righteous man in the tree. No. Oh. I um did. I listened to like a teaching on some, you know, like Bible prophecy and stuff, and it was talking about the sycamore tree. Mm-hmm. And how it was related to some, like, um, events, some judgment and things like that. So, I, that was just in my mind, the sycamore tree. But Well, I was always go back to the song. I will not be, I will not be moved. Okay. Um, <laughs> Church History Corner. We're going to talk about a Jan Huss today, also referred to as John Huss, was a Czech priest, philosopher, and early Christian reformer. Given he lived before Luther, Calvin, and Zanwegi, I always get his name wrong. He is considered the first church reformer. He played a pivotal role as a predecessor to Protestantism, and his teachings influenced Western Europe and had a major influence on Martin Luther himself. He was burned at the stake for heresy against the doctrines of the Catholic Church, particularly related to those of ecclesiology, the Eucharist, and other theological topics. Moments before his death, the imperial marshal asked Jan one or John one final time to recant and save his life. He responded, 
God is my witness that the principal intention of my preaching and all my other acts or writing are solely that I might turn people from sin. And in that truth of the gospel that I wrote, taught, and preach in accordance with the sayings and expositions of the holy doctrines, I will willingly, gladly die today. Mm. The executioner then started the fire. So as he was facing death by being burned alive, John Husson one more time said, God is my witness that the principal intention of my preaching and all my other acts or writings are solely that I might turn people from sin. And in that truth of the gospel that I wrote, taught, and preached in accordance with the sayings and exposition of the holy doctors, I will willingly, gladly die today. The executioner then again started the fire. Would we do that? It's a weighty question. With the thought of being burned alive for teaching the word and standing against sin and standing against that time the the major religious system of the day and the religious system's about to set you on fire. Would you recant? Or would you say today I will willingly die, gladly die. Because some of us won't even go to the church if it's too cold. Or, I mean, I guess if the Arctic blast and you go out there and your nose holes freeze and you breathe in and your lungs get crystallized, I can understand, okay? You have those icicles (laughs) hanging out of your... (laughs) But, I mean, if if anything's off, I just don't feel like going today. I know. We can't, I heard a preacher one time say this, and it, it took a knife and stabbed me in the heart and twisted a little bit. They say, a lot of us are saying we'll die for him. In reality, we won't even go to church for him. Fair question, fair statement. Yeah. John Huss influenced Luther, Calvin, many of the reformers, and he was burned alive at the stake by the Catholic Church for refusing to recant for refusing to to give in to the heresy. He said, today to stand in accordance with what I've taught, preached, and believed in the Holy Word, I will gladly die. Wow. I look up to men like this. I want their resolve and the tenacity. That is true, though. If you're truly living for him, then most likely you would die for him. Yeah. But if you're not living for him, yep. really... Then would you die for him? That's yep. good. Another preacher did say that one time. Some of you want to die for him. He's trying to get you to live for him. And and if you don't live for him, you probably won't die for him. John Huss gave his whole life. Martin Luther wrote the 95 Thesis, pinned it on the door of Wittenberg, and then refused to recant at the Diet of Worms. And guess what? The rest of his life, he was on the move. He was on the move. He wasn't going to give in. He was not going to give out. He was going to keep the faith and keep the truth. And men like John Huss was a major influence on people like Martin Luther. So I'm thankful for men in the history. Look, we don't have to agree with everything they say. We don't have to agree with every theological persuasion they had. We don't have to say they weren't great anything. They just set the example of devotedness and tenacity and resolve and 
whatever pie they was eating of, we could use to eat some of that pie too. That same kind of resolve because I think we feel so safe in America and we'll never face persecution like that. We'll never face anything like that or threat of being burned alive. And yet every single day in Nigeria, almost every single few minutes, a Christian is being murdered for or martyred for their faith. Every single day somewhere in the world. And in Nigeria, multiple, multiple, multiple times a day, statistically speaking, there's a Christian being martyred. So persecution has not stopped. Um, and in America, we feel a semi-safeness about it. But you never know what the future holds. And you never know. And if you're ever going to go and do missionary work or anything, you have to, in a sense, make a resolve in your 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 spirit, your body, your mind. I will freely live for him, and I will freely die for him if that's what it takes. I'm not signing up for it, and I'm not asking to do it, but seeing men like these who had such devotion, communion, and love for the Father. But I do think they have something that sometimes we lack, and that's conviction as well. Mm-hmm. We will stand, and we will fight, and we will, and we will, but we will fight with not weapons of carnality and flesh, but weapons of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, I got a, um, I got something for you guys to do for us. We got a little bit of a list already compiled. But coming into the new year, one of the things we're going to do is the Box 2 Radio Network is begin to update our music. So we need your all's help. We need to know, as listeners of the Box 2 Radio Network, what you guys want to hear. So my phone's available, 270-230-6337. You can text me. Start texting me in the artists you want to hear, the worship bands, the songs, whatever they are. And coming back in the new year, we're going to be making some adjustments and readjustments and um, playing some newer stuff and playing some not now. It's not saying we're doing away with everything that we have in here by no means. We're just going to have a good flow. And there's so much good worship music going on today. And um, really the heart of God's being released in a lot of songs. And so we just want to honor the Lord and what he's speaking in the earth as, as in today. And also we want to... Um, hear what you guys want to hear too because we're a big old family and so this this radio station's um here to minister to you guys and to minister to the body of christ and so let us know what you want to hear 270-230-6337 you can text me um text me 50 50 artists if you want to i don't care we'll put them down and we're going to try to go and get all that done. Miss Denisa Hill said, I can't comprehend the rivers of blood that was dealt with from all the animals over the many years. That reinforces the very power of the blood shed by the one perfect lamb, the son, my savior. I can't fathom, fathom it, but all honor and glory to him. Amen. Miss Gail says, sometimes it's harder to not do the little things than the big things. The little things seems like they're not so important. And won't be so bad when they're just as bad and just as important. Good point, Miss Gail. Good point. Brother Jason says, Zach Williams and Crowder, both of them. Amen. And I think some of our other people have also um, requested them. So Yes. 
we're getting some um what would you say on certain of these artists there's multiple people suggesting it so yep we're very sure we need to do certain ones there's the consensus huh yep yes so we loved we love the input so bring them on bring them on that's <clears throat> i know um We've already got Mary Did You Know in there for Jason Miller, so we're okay there. Nobody has to request that for Jason. Um, and so uh, what Heather was trying to figure out the song he talked about Sunday, and I think we came to it, and I just want to make sure I was all right. It was nothing but the blood, right? Was that what we were talking about Sunday, Monday morning? He said, we should do that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then was it you that talked about the – um, the mashup that people do a lot. There's power in the blood. Nothing but the blood of G. Oh yeah, uh, I think Miss Gretchen actually said it. The there's power, power, wonder working power. Is that the one? Yeah, in the blood. Miss um, Lisa Ashball says Tasha Combs and Peter Fuller. I'm not sure if I know Peter Fuller. Do you know Peter Fuller? Uh uh-uh. uh, I think that's been the first person to suggest him but tasha combs has came up or uh, Cobbs, what is it i don't know miss gail says she wants some hymns <laughs> well she the, likes that harmony the, i do too well i'm working on my harmony so <laughs> amen the men's choir now that we did the children's choir for the thing now we're gonna have a um <laughs> we're gonna have a mother's day men's choir and celebration of mothers what a better way than to run them out of the sanctuary okay uh all right i'm i'm i would actually love that i would love to direct a men's choir (laughs) it'd be fun but i'm used to having actually more men sing in choir because i've been a part of choirs that had all four parts you know like the tenor the bass what part would i play (laughs) <laughs> Come on, well, Hannah. What well, part techni- would I play? Technically, with me- with male vocals, you can break it down into actually four. You can break it down into bass, baritone, tenor, and oh, there's a fourth one and I can't remember it. But baritone, I really like the baritone. It's it's like it's not the very lowest. It's like a step up, so it's like a middle in between the tenor and the bass. It's sounds pretty good. So which one would I play? Don't ignore the question. <laughs> I honestly feel like you'd be a little bit higher. Maybe it, possibly a tenor, I think. You could do. A tenor. All right. <laughs> um, I'm getting a you, bunch you of... You just have to focus. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of good names here. We're, we're getting all kind of requests now. So that's what I like to hear. Bring, keep them coming. See, the thing about choir is it really teaches you not to overpower one another because you have to blend. But there's always people that, like, want to. Like, they want to be the shining star. So you'll be hearing everybody. Is this a shot against me? <laughs> you'll be hearing everyone blend, and then you'll hear somebody just belt it out. And then you'll I, be like, shh. I can't, I can't help it. I'm loud. <laughs> now, if you have a solo, that's the time. That's the time for it. Would I have a solo? Huh? Would I have a solo? I don't know. You, it'd be so low, that, so low that I can't, can't hear me. <laughs> As long as you don't say refrain. <laughs> yeah, I did that once, Caroling. That was awful. Um, Aaron, you can sing a solo. Solo. You know what I did think was funny, though? Speaking of the children, the choir, Paisley did not 
want a solo the whole time, even though she has a very pretty little voice. And I gave her, I asked her, I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? And she didn't want one. But then once it got time for practice in the rest of the song, I mean, she really liked Worthy as the Lamb because she belted it. I mean, she was belting it the whole time. And I just, I couldn't tell her to, like, it was so good. I just couldn't, I couldn't tell him to sing quieter because I mean, how do you tell kids not to sing loud on worthy is the lamb, you know? Like, sure. I mean, maybe as they get older, you'd have to teach them, yeah. but it was just so sweet hearing them sing that. And it's, it was just so funny that she didn't want a solo, but when it came to the song she liked, I mean, she belted it. I mean, so it was, it was funny and very <laughs> cute. Well, um, when I belt songs, nobody says those languages are but- <laughs> cute and funny is well funny i mean that's in there sometimes <laughs> cute nope never had that said about me uh, but no it is it is it was a good time they did an awesome job there that night and so um i've gotten a lot of feedback on colton oh colton L- little shepherd boy colton was the star i mean he just <laughs> I, I mean colton was the man there in the parlay uh let's see <laughs> let's see here i'm just trying to catch up on i got a few texts and yeah you know, if you all have my number you can text me in songs too and um you can you don't have to only text them during the broadcast i mean you can send them our way throughout the week uh 270-589-7933 is my number mm-hmm. yep we're going to um keep pushing for some new songs and get some new artists in there um now someone on facebook uh requested joshua durkee mm-hmm. i don't I know i saw that i i'm pretty sure they're talking about the joshua durkee we know i was like is there multiple joshua durkees Could i we? think there's only one i think there's I don't only know. one that we know so that was cool yep well i was just looking um gary said what one song would you be stranded on an island with help somebody i need help um what what songs what songs do you want to hear what songs do you want to hear um what songs are you listening to right now what songs are leading you into the presence of the lord what songs are ministering to you and we want to be able to um we're just trying to update our music a little bit get a little bit different variety we um and so we're just working on that. I'll probably be working on getting some of these songs ready during the Christmas break and have them ready when we come back and and throwing them in there. And we're going to be doing something different with how we play them and the order we play them. And so we're just working on it. There's always this thing we want to do better at um, as a radio station, just making sure we're being a appropriate tool in the Father's hand and be willing to adjust and readjust and make sure we're being as effective as we possibly can as a ministry to lead you into the presence of the Lord, edify and to help build you up. Uh, Miss Gail says, I just love to hear people enjoying their worship through song, whether they are on key or not. Make a joyful noise. That's me, Miss Gail. That's why I love you. You mm-hmm. encourage me. She encourages me to do it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you can, especially when you're working with kids and with different people, like you can definitely see talent. You can see like who's maybe just has a gift for things. But honestly, I was talking about this the other day, like, when you see somebody purely worshiping, like, and I can tell, like, and 
I can tell the kids that are really worshiping if you know if you can just tell that and whenever you see that it does not matter it wouldn't matter if they sang everything off key I mean it, it just wouldn't matter because mm-hmm. it's just so pure to the Lord and um, I just love it more than more than singing well I love a heart that's wor- truly worshiping yep. um, <clears throat> I, I think I'm like I don't know. I I love how some some listeners are worship, and then some listeners are like. There's different kind of songs. There's worship songs, mm-hmm. and then there's songs that kind of minister. Yeah. And and I love how we're gonna get in a mixture here. And honestly, uh, there's also upbeat songs that are just uplifting throughout your day. And honestly, there's a few that I've listened to that I never would have considered like a worship song, but some of the lyrics in them are like, wow. They get stuck in your head, and then you start listening to what the lyrics are saying, and you're like, "Okay, yep. yeah, I'm going to use that." <laughs> yeah, and we've um, we've thought about doing maybe like um, one day a week or something like that, like um, an hour or two one evening, uh, like a Southern Gospel Corner where it's just strictly Southern Gospel songs, and then maybe another portion of the week for an hour or two doing like more children songs. For kids, maybe a time when kids would be listening. We've I've thought about some stuff like that, and actually Lisa just said throwing some kitty songs in there, and it made me think about that. Like I've thought about some of this stuff, how we can get everybody involved, and because I want to be a radio station for everybody, but also I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to exclude anybody in that, and trying to give an avenue for everybody to grow. So mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons we do like Ventures and Odyssey and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to 2024. We're going to come back here in just a second after the break and get into actually some Bible discussion on something before Brother Brewer comes on at 8.30. But I'm just looking into 2024 and how we can grow as a radio station, not just in, um, I'm not saying, when we say grow, it's not necessarily just saying grow, 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 but actually grow as a tool in the Father's hand and be very effective at discipleship and ministry and equipping the saints. So um, we're we're very excited for 2024. Next week, we're going to talk about some of our vision going into 2024. And as a radio station, um, we're working on this as a ministry moving in the next 24 um, and how, you know, even in the school, the, the church, what are we going to, what do we see the Father's heart manifesting? And um, And so that's where we're at, just in our own hearts. And you know, uh, Mr. Tim read Habakkuk or Habeka, however you want to say it. And the other night during the elders meeting, and it was just like, you know, write the vision that he gives you so people can run with it. The pro- the thing is, make sure it's his vision. Because I'm not trying to get my vision or your vision. Uh, we want God's vision. And then we write it down and we can run with it. So um, we're just, we're, we have an anticipation in our spirits for 2024. All right, we're going to read our second trivia question, and then we will go to break and come back and finish out the last 20 minutes or five minutes or so with uh, some Bible discussion on a question that, or really it was a topic, more or less, that'll give us room to talk for a minute. Friday, question number two, sponsored by Higdon Land Survey, and we sure do appreciate Mr. Keith and Miss Elizabeth and all that they are helping sponsor and underwrite us do here at the Box 2 Radio Network and advancing the call and the vision of God in this network. In what country did Jesus speak to an immoral woman beside a well? In what country did Jesus speak to an immoral well? 
I mean, immoral woman beside a well. 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Welcome back in on this beautiful December the 15th, 2023. Ten days away from Christmas. You better get your Christmas shopping on. I haven't. I'm way behind. I don't even know if I go Christmas shopping. <laughs> I just Heather in order it all, and I just say yay and amen. <laughs> I don't know. No, what I usually do is I like wait for the last minute and then go like buy one ever everybody one present just for me, like on December twenty fourth. Um, <laughs> pretty much that's me. Um, oh, that looks great. Good. All right. So, um, but no, it's right around the corner. But Jesus is the reason for the season. I had my Christmas suit on Wednesday night at the Christmas play, and me and Jesus took a picture together, and I've been meaning to post it on Facebook, Dalton. Jesus is the reason for my season, because uh, <laughs> I had my Christmas tree suit on, but uh, it, it was a great, again, great night, Wednesday night. Kids did a good old job. Looking forward to the new year. I'm already looking toward the new year. I haven't, we haven't even got past Christmas yet, and I'm just so excited about 2024. That's all I can think about, um, and what this new year is going to hold for us in the kingdom of God, because I just feel great anticipation in my spirit about the new year. Amen. Um, and looking into the new year, you know, we hear so many people who do have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying that so many preachers and myself included, we preach this, we talk about it, but I'm not for sure if we always expound on it and what that looks like. And we, and I couldn't tell you how many times I preached there's an army of God arising. Prophet saying, there's an army of God arising. What does an army of God look like? Like when we say that and we say there's great revival coming, like we talk about revival so much and being the army of God, but what does that really look like in practicality? Is it, it cannot be just the people who go have good services. Because then that's a, I mean, that was, that was never even remotely a marker in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even something that we never really hear what their services were like in synagogue or anything like that. Because a lot of times that's where a lot of the early church met was in synagogues. We heard about the fruit of what came out of it. We see what happens in the street and we see like Acts 2 where they're breaking bread, fellowship, fellowshipping house to house, continuing the apostles doctrine. We see where... Peter walks out in the street and people are getting healed just walking behind him. Paul walks into the street and people touches the apron, which is where we get the prayer cloth from, and people are getting healed and they're sending the prayer cloth out. And we see that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes we just mark revival as good services. I want to know what what does an army of God carrying and manifesting revival and awakening the earth actually look like so we can strive and attain that so i don't know that's kind of my i'm having a lot of listener interaction this morning but i love to hear hannah love to hear what you think um i'm open i'm just i am just persuade i mean i love good services i mean we assemble together we do not forsake the assembly together i love it and i want God to pour out his spirit on every service that we assemble together. But that can't be the end game. Mm-mm. 
No, I think we're going to start having to pray about going out and um, just really the Lord's vision for doing. Mm-hmm. Being not so focused on... Because, you know, being when you're we're being equipped on Sundays, we're being equipped for something. So we need to figure out what that something is for each. And for everyone, it might not be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because an army, in an army, everybody, if everybody's standing in the same spot, that that's not good. <laughs> that's true. There's going to be a lot of open space where the enemy can get in and we're not reaching other territories and stuff like that, so... Finding oh, the yeah. um, thanks the place where business of the year um, each person in the army needs to be, and that might be the same for a few of them. Yeah, um, I like that. The army don't need to all stand in the same place. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and so <clears throat> we got uh, brother kid dropped us off some mugs, coffee mugs in here. And congratulations to Brother Dwayne Kidd, Hart County Chamber Business, Business of, of the, the year. year. That's awesome. Praise the Lord, my brother. Kid Exterminating, a wonderful sponsor and underwriter of the Box 2 Radio Network. Miss um, Gale says the army of God is people on their knees praying in one accord. So the army of God is definitely a praying army. Oh, yes. It's a fasting army. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, um, a truth seeking and truth preaching teaching. We need to watch the end of the war room movie where the lady starts to pray. That now that will, that'll get yeah. you stirred up for the army because it it really prayer is really a huge part. But it doesn't stop with it. it prayer produces something though. Prayer will always produce things. Mm-hmm. And even in that movie, I just really love that movie. But even in the end of that movie, when um, she's in her prayer closet praying you start to see all of these things that are happening. Yeah. She's praying for these things, and you start to see the fruit of her prayers and her laboring in the prayer closet. And you start to see schools changing. You start to see um, people in different job fields, like hospitals and um, police officers and the actual army and uh, families in their living rooms. Like It just starts to affect every single aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it will, like it has to. And Miss Lisa Ashball says the army of God is taking it to the community, just mm-hmm. like you were just saying. It's affecting everything. And, I mean, again, good, like, assembling together, receiving edification, equipping, impartation, iron sharpening iron, all that is very pivotal. So that doesn't go away. I think this is where people's messed up sometimes is they – they make it either or. It's either all good services or it's all out. It's got to be both. So, like, that's where I think I think the army of God for me I'm looking at is the fivefold of Ephesians 4, the gifting's truly in operation in the church mm-hmm. because then that's the equipping of the whole body to go out mm-hmm. and and live this thing out. And, again, it's not like... It's not just going out with shofars and banners and flying them in the middle of the street. We do prayer walks like that, and that's necessary. I think that's in, that's very much the case, but it's about going out there while you're grocery shopping and still being the light of Christ. It's about going out there at Hardee's 
or Dairy Queen or McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It's Litchfield, so we don't have many restaurants. Um, or one of our 15 Mexican restaurants and being a light and a witness and radiating with the glory of God. And it's all these things working together in my in my humble opinion, like mm-hmm. literally to me, like being the army of God is manifesting the divine expression of the earth. That's the glory of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It's mm-hmm. being more like Jesus. Yeah. And like with the fivefold and everything, every army has generals, right? Yep. And so I think that's important too. And and then having, I think just really praying into everyone stepping into their position really not position like in the physical like position well now it will affect the physical but just what the lord has placed in us like the intercessors rising up the watchmen rising up the fivefold like you were saying uh, like the generals um because the the laborers rising and the ones in the body you know this relationship between the general or like the the person leading in the fivefold kind of having that relationship with them and leading, I think is something that really produces something. Mm -hmm. Having that relationship between the leader and the laborers and kind of going together. Maybe not every time the leader will go with the rest of the body, but having times where you do all go together, Mm -hmm. you gather together and pray. And like, I don't know. I just keep thinking of like strategies, like war strategies too. Cause with an army, you you can't just do the same thing every time, you know, like you have to kind of meet together, strategize, figure out where you're at in that present moment. Um, but I really think, yeah, praying that everyone, um, that the Lord brings everyone in their right position so that no p- spaces are left open. Yeah. Where the enemy can come in. Um, Brother Greg says prayer has to be the center Center practice mm-hmm. of the body, army of God. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Jason Lee says an army goes to battlefield and prepare and battles. You prepare in the sanctuary and battle on the battleground. Just depends on what our job gift is. Depends on how we battle as a unified unit. And we, um, they train too. Mm-hmm. Man, maybe we just need to look at like an actual structure of an army. Like what an army is and different things and like find... Related to yep. what the Lord says in Scripture. That'd be good. Uh, Miss Gail says, a chain reaction of God's love and sharing. I love this. Uh, so good. A lot of it's rich. And again, I like how Jason says, you prepare in the per- sanctuary for the, the the mission field outside, the the battlefield, the the harvest, the... You know, you get the tools, you get the resources, and we as pastors and leaders, that's a great responsibility to be given our people tool and resources. Mm-hmm. Um, not just, not like, this is where it starts to become um, dangerous to the body of Christ, in a sense. I don't want to use the danger. I don't like that word. It don't hit me right. Um, it you, you almost start to take away from the body of Christ when you solely use Sunday mornings just for evangelism. It's for equipping. And so when you got the body assembled together, it's for equipping. It's so that we could equip the body to become evangelists, to become 
leaders to overcome and to walk in purity and walk in victory, to be a witness and a light, to stand in faith and stand in peace and um, stay in his perfect peace. And these are the tools, the resources, the truths, the impartation, all these things that we should be given the body of Christ on Sunday mornings. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times because the church isn't evangelizing any other time of the week, we just use Sunday morning as evangelism and that's it. It's not really, I don't think, how the Lord set up the church. Because when you see them meeting together, it was not about evangelism. It was to preparation and preparing and mm-hmm. the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And ex- encouragement, exhortation. I think that's a really important part yeah. of Sunday morning. Because, you know, if we're if we're doing the Lord's work, if we're go- fighting spiritual warfare the rest of the week... I mean, probably still also on Sunday morning, but when we gather together, then we can lift each other up, pick each other up, and cover each other in prayer, encourage one another. And, you know, I was thinking about an army, too. Usually there's not the whole army on the battlefield at the same time, Mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. Like, there's rotations. There are people who age out and I'm not saying like (laughs) I'm not they don't age out of being a part of the army they just age out of maybe going on the battlefield certain parts of the battlefield like maybe some of the other ones and so it makes me think of people who maybe are in a season of their life who maybe they can't physically go out in the streets like they used to they can't physically go and their body has limitations of what they can do now because Mm -hmm. they they've gotten older they've gotten um, just, you know, having to take, in, take care of children, things like that. But what we can always do and what is the prayer, like Miss Gail was talking about, the prayer, the encouragement. And that's what I think about when I think about people who have been in this battle for a long time is, you know, we kind of have different seasons where once you were on the battlefield and you were, you know, pushing and doing certain things, but then in different seasons, like, when you do have grandchildren and you have a different schedule and things like that, the Lord can use you in different ways than he even used to mm-hmm. by encouragement, by prayer, uh, by like what Miss Doyle does with her prayer group. And that's just as much fighting as the other. It's just in a different position. It's in a different season. So I don't know. I was thinking about that too. I'm just thinking about this whole army thing. And there's so much like symbolism of an actual structure of an army to think about yep and of course in all of this it's not about our carnal ability to perform anything it's about us walking in the spirit Mm -hmm. and um but walking in the spirit brings a natural consequence in the physical um and so there's going to be manifestations in the natural that really was birthed in the spiritual so this is where prayer is so essential you can't do anything absent of prayer because when you're when you're praying you're relying on him you're letting him equip in part do all these things. So being the army of God is not about what you can do just with the natural ability. It's what you do birth from a spiritual place of prayer and communion with him. But there must be natural manifestations. So sometimes I think when we say almost people feel off the hook, well, my weapons aren't carnal, so I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to pray and just let God do everything. But yet his doing is through your hand a lot. And so, like, when you go and you you go and you you march and you preach and you teach and you love and you shine and do all these things, the Lord will use you. Mm -hmm. But we're all called to be an evangelist. We're all called to go preach. It's like we talked about yesterday. When we go preach, 
these signs and wonders they'll accompany and they'll follow. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're accompanying and following a lot of the church because we're actually not going. Yeah. And if we make revival about what's happening solely in between the four walls, I think that's why revival has left so as quickly as it's come at times because mm-hmm. we never let it go. Yeah, and that's where what I was kind of feeling for going forward. It's not that we stop. We can't stop equipping. We can't stop the gathering with each other because we have to have that. But it's like we're building on it. Mm-hmm. We're, that's our foundation. Like our time, uh, our relationship with the Lord and our prayer time is the foundation. And then what's built upon that is our fellowship with the and equipping with the saints. Yep. And then what's built upon that is the going and being and being moved mm-hmm. yeah. by the Lord. And I think there is a level of the keeping in the four walls that it's almost a level of control we think we have. Like we're going to hide this away. We're going to do this and we can control this thing because now we just schedule it in seven o'clock every night. Mm. So even if you do nightly services, you're almost still scheduling in revival. Yeah. And revival will only stay revival and not awakening as long as we think we can control it and contain it in a box. Yeah. It only becomes awakening when we release it and let it roar. And yeah. so revival to me is birth from the prayer closet. It is birth from that place of prayer. Why? Because in that prayer place of prayer, I'm awakened. I'm becoming more sensitive. I'm learning. I'm learning who he is. I'm growing in the things of the spirit. He's stretching me. He's changing me in my heart. He's changing me in my hands. He's changing me in my mind. Repentance is coming. But for that to actually come into effect and affect the earth, it's, it's got to move. It's got to go. We have to pour out the drink offering at some point. Yes. Because in all of that, we're getting poured into by God. Yep. We're getting poured into by him. But then we got to pour it out. Yep. Um, because it says, out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. So we've got to have the living living water in us. Yeah, it's got to flow out of us. I don't know. This is something that really is not happening as much as it should. Now, I mean, it's happening. It's definitely happening. But there is the whole system that I think a lot of us have grown accustomed to. Of, well, these things happen on Sunday morning. These things happen on Sunday. And I'm saying like myself because I've had to continuously work on getting out of the mindset that like. Because I've had some powerful encounters with the Lord at church. Mm-hmm. I just have. I mean, growing up, that's... And I think along the way, sometimes, <laughs> somehow I, I thought in my mind that I could only have those encounters with Him at church. I mean, I know He's with me every day. I know I have His presence. And I know that where two or more are gathered, there He is. He rests upon the praises of His people. So I know there is sometimes a sometimes a difference when you're gathered with the body and His his presence is there but i know that i can't like he i can experience that with him in the secret place but for some reason because we've had those experiences at church i think sometimes we think that we can't experience that with him when we're just alone with him yeah that and we i think we also have to learn how to walk in that level of presence Mm -hmm. like and it's not just something I experience privately. And but, it's yeah. not just an encounter I experience with uh, other believers in a church service. Walking in it. Yeah, that's where I was kind of getting to yeah. is it's, experiencing. I feel like if you're not experiencing it privately, then it's going to be hard to walk in it. Mm-hmm. 
but we have to learn how to be able to walk yeah. in it. And I think that's where a couple of weeks ago, I think I failed in trying to express what I really felt like the Spirit of God was expressing. Moses saw the glory of God pass by him. Now we're shifted into not just becoming a visitation of the Spirit of God, as Ephesians says, but to become the habitation. So the glory of God is no longer passing by us. The glory of God is now dwelling in us. Mm. And if he radiated that much coming off the mountain, we should walk in the radiance as reflecting the light of Christ into the earth. Mm-hmm. And I believe only when we learn who's living in us, because he no longer dwells in the box made by the hand of man, he dwells in the temple of the Holy Spirit, you and I. Now we learn who's living in us. Now I think we understand why Peter could walk into the street and the shadow heal people. Yeah. It was not because of Peter. It was who was living in a Peter. Yeah. And I think we have to learn, like, if we're really going to be the the army of God, this Christianity, this weight of glory, this revival, this awakening that we're walking in, is not something we do in the church house. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, this is not something we solely do in the church yeah. house. It's something we do and live and manifest and radiate every single day, every single minute, whether we're at home in our living rooms or at Walmart grocery shopping or at the mall or at Roadhouse or at the bank. Like, wherever we're at, we're carriers of his glory. And we're tuned into that frequency. Yeah. And we're hearing. Uh, Miss Jeannie says, this is exactly right. I agree with you. Revival is in gathering together. The result is much fruit. But it can't stay there. It If revival doesn't produce something, it's only emotional stimulation. That's it. It's an emotional stimulant. That's all it is. And, and I'm not looking for something to emotionally stimulate me. I'm looking for something forever compel me to go and be the light of the world. And why? Because we have the light of the world living in us. Mm-hmm. And we're, so, we're to be a city that cannot be. And what's that mean? It's that we are to be such a bright light in the earth, you can't hide us. Mm-hmm. You can't put us away. Because yeah. we're shining with the radiance of glory of God. And, and she, I think these she are... says she agree with you too, Hannah. Oh, okay. Um, got amen amen i do i think this is now we can't teach somebody well we can't okay so like everyone must have their own personal relationship with the lord we we can't give a relationship to somebody that has to be something that they're pursuing but i do think there's a level of power and demonstration Mm -hmm. and a level of sharing our testimony of how how we have ha- built that relationship up. And I think we really need that even more and more as much as possible because there's so many people and so many young people that I've talked to and I still have questions myself too. Like I have a lot of questions of like, okay, how does this work? Like I know in my mind that it, that it's possible and I know what the word says, but how do I walk this out? Mm-hmm. And I think when we gather and we're real with each other and we get into the word and share our experiences with the Lord, I think it's important because there's a lot of people I think that are hungry. They're just waiting on maybe the power and demonstration or maybe just someone to share a testimony of how it happened for them, Mm -hmm. how they walk it out. Yeah. You know, and it might not look the same as how the other people walk it out, but just 
seeing someone who's done it. Yeah. You know. And well, it builds faith. Yeah. It builds um, builds the body. Iron sharpening iron. And I think this is where it's important to to come together and to share testimonies and to equip and iron sharpen iron to encourage to to um, provoke one another to good works. That's what I mean. That's what Hebrews the do not forsake the assembly together because in it we provoke one another to good works. So um, we're out of time. We got to take a break. Got to play a song. Um, we got chapel. We got to go to, and Mr. Bjork's getting ready to call in. But we will most definitely be continuing some of this conversation next year. I mean, next week, because for me, this is kind of vision for me. What does this look like in 24? Because we've encountered a measure of his presence and a measure of his glory, but just filling him in the sanctuary can't be the end game. It's gotta, it's gotta do something because when you encounter his goodness and you behold him, then you're going to have to start becoming something. Because when you behold somebody so good, it has to have a transformation upon your life. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.